Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast with special guest Alex Malinkovic, part two. Uh, The podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they are not experts on. However, we will be talking about comedy and we are experts on that. So (laughs) happy 2022. I hope the year has started off well for you. Uh, I am currently still in ISO, still got COVID actually, but uh, I sound great because my immune system is amazing. So... Mm. Easy, easy. Three days. Three days was a cold. I'm done. What, I was doing what, give, what, what helps you with that immune system, Neil? <laughs> what do you mean by that? When you try, say it like I'm that? Try, I'm trying to lead into the ad. I'm trying uh, to lead into the ad. <laughs> yeah, smart. Look at you. I'm going to keep you on. Well, what definitely does help with that immune system, what helps me relax, which I'm sure uh, increases the capacity of my immune system to fight off deadly diseases and or viruses like covid is crush organic cbd oil crush organics uh, crushorganics.com crush with a k use the code neil for 40 percent off all their cbd oil products they've got gummies they've got they've got uh bath bombs they've got pain creams i'm using the gummies now they're great they're really tasty yeah top two yeah before bed and then in an hour or two boom so relaxed it's beautiful um I've been using them now for months and uh, they've been so good. Really improved my sleep, helped me relax, helped me de-stress, especially in these very stressful times. So go to crushorganics.com, use the code NEIL for 40% off and we have subscriptions available. You can ask a question, send in a topic or uh, request a shout out. Shout out's $5 a month, questions $15 a month. Topics $50 a month. All the money goes straight to charity. And in 2021, we raised over $5,000. Over $5,000. All going to charity. And we started the charity thing in late February as well. So here's to 2022, raising even more than that. So thank you guys so much for that. And I'm sure all the uh, the recipients of the charity will be thanking you as well. So this is part two with Alex. If you missed... Uh, Part one, Jordan is away. And uh, I think what's going to happen is because I, look, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, there's a lot of times where Jordan has prior commitments. I have prior commitments. We're going to be touring a lot more in 2022. We're both going to be very busy. And what uh, we're going to do is we're just going to bring on a guest. uh, If say Jordan is unavailable, or even if I'm unavailable, Jordan might bring on a guest. Um, Although with me kind of organizing (laughs) this podcast, I don't know how that's going to work, but (laughs) Um, I'm going to sort of rotate between Alex, Ali and Miss Love whenever Jordan's unavailable. So Alex is one of my friends. He, uh, has been in a lot of my sketches, brilliant comedian from uh, Brisbane, now living in Sydney. Uh, anything else about yourself that you want to tell the listeners? No, that's everything. That's very sweet. Thank you, bro. Sweet. Well, uh, if you don't follow him, go follow him on uh, Instagram and, uh, the talk. And mm-hmm. uh, in the last episode, we kind of just uh, complained about people complaining about <laughs> people complaining about comedy. <laughs> so we're just the third level of complaining there. Yeah. Oh, they, don't, they don't admire good comedy. That's that really what us. philosophy is. Yeah. It's really what just, good philosophy is. Just bitching. bitching just re- about reacting people. to reactionary behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Being reactionary towards reactionary people, which in itself mm. is then not reactionary. Hey. Hey, and we're back. That's how we do it. So uh, I wanted to try and delve a bit deeper in this one. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably keep this one a little bit shorter than usual just because I've still got got a bit of a sore throat. 
the mm. the Rona is still there. Um, but I'm really interested in in how a sense of humor develops, especially among young boys, because they have a very unique sense of humor, and then how that then transcends into this particular brand of humor that we touched on last episode that seems to be the sort of abrasive, aggressive, caveman style of humor, which I like. I find mm. it funny. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, but it's just uh, one of the many uh, types of comedy that in- I enjoy in a wide uh, palette of comedy. But <laughs> <laughs> there's something unique about teenage boys that 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 manifests in them laughing at whatever you're not supposed to say. And mm. whichever one of them says it, is hilarious and gains a little mm-hmm. momentary hit of status. They they mm-hmm. they seem to have taken a little bit of a risk as well. I'm sure uh, most of the audience here. I looked the other day. It's still what ninety percent male. Um, yeah, so, boys. Uh, the boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, fuck off, chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 actually how they'll say the joke though. Like because they'll be like, oh, oh I'm gonna rape you. <laughs> and then it's just no, it's not. But uh, I'm laughing at the idea of a 13 year old boy finding yes. that funny. Because like yeah. I found that shit funny as a 13 year old. Now I want to properly explore the um, all culture war sides of this issue. So one side will say that's because there is a culture that normalizes disrespect towards women. So even as a young boy, uh, even if you haven't been sort of directly uh, taught those attitudes mm. you've just been subsumed into a culture that normalizes that kind of disrespect and therefore you use humor to punch down and mm. uh maintain your power and your status as a uh yeah as like a an evil king yeah, yeah by making these sorts of jokes that that is let's be fair that is one opinion because mm-hmm. it is an opinion it's definitely okay. an opinion. um but let's try and examine some other possibilities as to where the hell that kind of sense of humor comes from. Because even then, I was looking at this, I was getting mm-hmm. this TikTok argument the other day, which with a kid that was, I wasn't getting an argument, but he just roasted. To be fair, I assume it's a he, roasted me pretty well. And then the, the bloody username was ray.ping.minus. <laughs> <laughs> even I'm like, ah, credit where credit's due. I didn't even, it didn't register at first. I'm like, Ray Ping. Oh, I get it. Bro, Hilarious. that's a that's a, that is funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I don't know why I was laughing the, at that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I think it, the reason why that is so funny to me because I've always said like people are so much funnier than jokes. Like <laughs> it's 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 not yes. what it, you know what I mean. It's not You're the right. fact that he wrote that username and the username is funny. It's the fact that a person exists whose entire life has led up to <laughs> Ray Ping minus. <laughs> The fact that's that they the found part. it funny, and <laughs> and that the... and that you know it's some prepubescent thirteen year old that yeah. can't even make eye contact with a girl. Yeah. Yet the high comedy a sexy is like, minor. Oh, 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 raping minors. Oh. <laughs> that voice. That's the funny part. Any aggressive joke said with that voice is hilarious to me. But that's the, that's the funny part. I'm laughing at the idea that the, these yes. really like aggressive jokes are coming from. A boy who, yeah. you know, can't touch a girl without shaking. Yes. That, he, that's... Yes. I think it, it's almost... So there's, this is how academic we get about comedy here, but uh, Freud has a joke about 
uh, sorry, a book about jokes. And, I was like, Freud um, does jokes? That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, he talks about how some jokes can be this sort of release of tension and, and um, there's these psychological processes that have uh, socialization of human beings is so layered that it's just basically veiled what we truly find funny mm-hmm. by also veiling our uh, innate desires, carnal desires, for example. Mm-hmm. So a teenage boy, that's when you, you're getting really, really fucking horny mm. and you just want to fuck everything that moves. And mm. so a release of that tension might be from these kind of aggressive jokes often aimed towards women mm-hmm. where, you know, you're looking at this other 13 year old in your class and, and you're like, oh my God, I want to fuck her. Oh, that's going to get clipped out. Jesus Christ. But <laughs> then, you know, you can't cause you're too insecure. You're way too shy. You know, yeah. at 13 has any game. Uh, yeah. And then the, I'll tell you, you who has game at 13 joke. real quick. I'll tell you who has game at 13, the fastest yeah. kid in school. The fastest kid in school <laughs> at 13, he's got game. Yeah, For some reason, it's always the fastest true. one. That's true, the sprinter. And then by 15, 16, it's the, it's the footy players. And then, yes. and then the music and the kind of muso type guy. Yeah. But no, at 13, you're right. It's the guy with the, <laughs> who's fast with kind of long hair. That's it. He's got <laughs> fucking game. I remember, dude, remember just being so jealous of the fastest kid in school? Yeah, that's like and a real always, memory. He's always flicking his hair. He's always going like this, and yeah, like, like a gorgeous, like... a gorgeous thirteen-year-old boy. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> what a start. You know what I mean. Go on. Uh, no, nah, I to... love it. Um, so it's your way to release because even even later in life, right? The sort of guys that are doing these kind of these jokes. Mm. You know, I can't imagine that joke coming out of Chris Hemsworth's mouth. It's the, no. the guy at the pub who's just clearly had his issues with women. And yeah. so, oh, oh, knock, knock, who's there? Fucking Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, I'm a comedian too. Like, just that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and it kind of could be coming from a place of, I think it's coming from a place of low status. Definitely, yeah. And... Possibly is coming from a place of pain. I, whether that excuses it or not, that's a moral argument that's separate to this. I just want to kind of analyze where that comes from because mm-hmm. there aren't teenage girls making jokes. They're making sassy, bitchy comments, really mean, underhanded things, but yeah. it's never that sort of direct, aggressive, aha, uh-huh, this guy's got a small dick or whatever. Yeah. That maybe comes later on in their life, but not at least from when I went to high school and I went to a co-head high co-ed high school that was never happening but um dumb kids like me who were look deep down just insecure were making really just callous jokes Mm. (laughs) that even now i'm like oh damn (laughs) yeah 13 year old neil fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think it it definitely is like uh, this is you're right about the chris hemsworth you don't see him doing any of those jokes and there's a reason why you why eminem is as big as he is you know what i mean like, yeah. if Eminem had a good relationship with women, we're not getting rap gone. No. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, that was part of his fame, was the fact that he would just say fucked shit. Yeah, he said some, yeah. Horrendous shit. And it's yeah, like, he goes hard. And I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I think it's a uniquely teenage boy thing and not a teenage girl thing, is because when you're at the bottom, what is there to lose? 
You know what I mean? It's like an all or nothing thing. Like I'm just going to go, I'm going to say some wild shit. Cause what I'm already at the bottom of the social hierarchy. Interesting. Interesting. And, and I can see that because it's, it's teenage boys and then older men that love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Mostly, like, mostly. There's a lot of other guys that will, love, will will laugh at that. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing funnier than saying the thing that you shouldn't say. In like, the right context. In a in a context in the right where context. It's it's sort of there's this implicit agreement between the it, it takes emotional intelligence, I think. Yeah, to no, it's, pull it off and make it funny. But you're it, right. Yeah. But I think we all start because no one starts with awareness. You know what I mean? You're like right, you don't start at ten with awareness. Yeah, because we all kind of have that one friend who just doesn't have good timing with their banter, and yeah. just will say something, and you're like, Ooh. "Yeah, <laughs> you're and trying I, to be nice." You're like, oh, "All right," <laughs> but it's a bit. And fucked. it's because they got to it too late. That's literally my theory. Because we all have that. Like I'm, I think about some of my friends that like figured out. Like that, that you would meet in uni and they would come into the group dynamic for the mm. first time and they would realize, oh, it's like a ribbon culture, mm. but maybe they weren't that like riffy in school. And so they're like, oh, I'll just jump in now. But they would just say horrendous shit. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck was that, dude? Mm, you know what actually, I mean? It's quite an art because if you say, if you're too totally. meek, then the boys can what's figure that? out. Yeah, oh, what's that guys. pussy? What'd you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll... They may not be like directly, yeah. oh, this guy's a fucking bitch, but they won't take them seriously. And there's a, just, there mm. is actually a lack of status that will inevitably come with that. But if you go way too hard, you're, you're overcompensating. And it's, uh, the yeah. nonverbal communication there is I'm trying way too hard to fit in. Yeah. Like me, please. I want to be part of this group because mm. it starts. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you don't start at 10 saying fuck shit, being like, oh, I should be more aware. Eh? <laughs> like, it's just like at 10, you're just saying fuck shit because at this point, like no one wants to fuck you. You, pro- you probably haven't gone through puberty yet. Or even if you are going through puberty at like 13, 14, whatever the fuck, you're still, at, I think, at the bottom of the social hierarchy. So the only way to claw any kind of social credit is be like, I got to be funny. And yeah. that is an all or nothing game. You know what I mean? Because I feel like the reason you, like how you said, like girls will make like sassy comments and stuff like that. It's because they're already at the top. You know what I mean? They're not willing to risk the entire thing. Well, they're, so, not, they're not necessarily at the top of their given uh, status arrangement because they'll be often making sassy comments and bitching about the popular girls. Yeah, true. There's this very interesting uh, idea that's, promulgating on tiktok so obviously it has uh serious academic rigor but <laughs> uh girls will always compliment people that they don't see as a threat so you know you see on like a, a yeah. fat girl's post and there's oh yeah you're a queen you're so beautiful you're so hot that's right on then they will screenshot the comments on addison ray's um post and it's it's all oh fuck this bitch you know what kind of yeah. shit is that this kind yeah. of stuff and well it's it's very interesting i'll tell you where we saw that with lizzo right yeah but uh, but not just the praise also the condemning when she's when she wanted to get healthier when she started losing weight all of her fans started hating her <laughs> did you see this no but that's the same thing happened with adele right that's right. And the same thing happened with Adele. And I right. think that's that thing where it's like you guys are starting to perceive her as a threat. 
it's it's which you should have already. She's so talented. Like in a group of drug addicts that starts getting clean, and the rest of them are just constantly trying to bring him back down. Yeah, because yeah, they yeah, yeah. don't want to accept the fact that someone has the discipline um, to better themselves while they don't. Exactly. That, that what does that say about you? Yeah, subconsciously, that's for that that's extraordinarily confronting, and so. Mm. I think the same thing happens um, in that situation there. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's yeah. Okay. Well, if this person can do it and I'm not doing it, what does it say about me? Does that just mean I'm a lazy piece of shit or like I have no discipline? Whereas guys will tear down the weakest of the group. <laughs> like the runt yeah. of the litter will get, will cop it even more. Yeah. If you're, cause I would sort of, I'd be, um, low very low status in the popular group in high school or mm. in that other group after that i was i felt very confident could be myself but i was always thinking <laughs> i don't want to hang out <laughs> i want to hang out with them <laughs> but i was so low status in the popular group no i mean yes. i didn't get maliciously bullied or anything like that but i was never the top dog uh yeah and well, see, just right there, that's an example of where the tool of just going what like, I'm gonna say, I'm yeah, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go after this guy right here. I'm gonna say some fuck shit about him yeah. right now yeah. because if that pays off, you just got a promotion, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now you're a stage above, and just because yeah. it's it's prison rules in school, basically, it really is. it is. Yeah, it's no holds barred. Yeah, and so and like I I think. Uh, it is, it is like a, there probably is like a, a social hierarchy aspect to it of like saying fucked things because it could be funny and then funny gets you social status. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't and know. And it's a like, release of tension as well. Like there's a lot of these sorts of hateful, if they're truly hateful jokes. Yeah. Even if they're just really vicious. Hmm. That's coming from a place of someone fuck me, please. <laughs> that, but also I think that they're, they're they're past that. No one's fucking me, so fuck you. Yeah, right. fuck you. You you know that that kind of yeah yeah yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know if you uh, saw this video I sent. Uh, did I send it to you? I sent. There was one that's going kind of viral um, of this just meth head on a train in Melbourne. Uh. And I haven't seen like, it. How come you get all the pussy and I don't? Because you have money. Fuck you. No money, no vagina. No money, you can't put it inside her. And it's, it's really funny. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> at what point Whoa. do you think that that guy thought, ah, maybe it's not my money and it's all these other... Maybe it's me yelling shirtless on a fucking train. But Yeah, that could do it. He got to that point maybe from a lot of rejections and, and this is by no yes. means saying that women are at fault for him behaving like that or anything. No, 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 no. But uh, you, you are a product of your environment and your experiences and if he's been persistently rejected for, I don't know, yeah. 10 years, that I can is... understand how a person can get to that point. Whether that's, ju- I'm, ju- I'm not justifying it, but mm. I, can, I can understand that real, that visceral hatred that comes from that however yeah, with a teenage boy that's different because he's not he hasn't experienced all not that, a lifetime got, of rejection he's had these feelings very strong feelings and his whole body is just screaming for him to like oh put it in her put it in her but um <laughs> you know you, you can't obviously and 
I think that there there is some truth to that release of pent up energy and tension mm. that comes with these really aggressive jokes. I wonder. See, that's the thing because I'm trying to remember when I was a kid, and I remember definitely it was kind of like, okay, let's j- just. I'm just going to say whatever because I I, I want to get the laugh, and I I don't know if it was like a. Re- Look, maybe I was. Maybe it was like a little release every now and again. I mean, it has to be. Every time you laugh, you release something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I still think like if I had to put my money on the thing that like that I think it is, I reckon it still is like a social score thing. Okay. Okay. I still... Th- I. I like I think that's more of the driving force because also even then what comes with the social score is what we're talking about anyway which is people start to desire you in some way you know what I mean right like, so you're sort of entertaining the king you're the jester uh, yeah and, and if the king aka the popular guy oh this guy's funny hey yeah or even making fun uh, yeah like fucking with him it's like you are now a little bit more desirable. So I guess at the end of the day, maybe it's still the entire thing is in the pursuit of pussy still, probably. I mean, everything we do is like yeah, everything yeah. humans do is I want to fuck. That's why I'm, it's like, that's why I have this car, etc. Yeah. Like, but, uh, I think like, it, there's just something if, if we're not, cause this is, I don't like intellectualizing it too much about like why people say the things they do, but this whole thing of being like, um, well, you're on the you say- podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, but like, <laughs> but like, well, no. It's because I the comedy aspect of it is when you when you boil it down, I don't think you'll ever get to the actual bottom of it. Like, comedy is this thing to me. Where like, funny is so weird, and like, you can't really grab onto it. When you intellectualize it, the magic sort of stops somewhere. You know what I mean? I disagree, man. I I love unpacking it and and trying to figure out every possible avenue and and I like of how a joke becomes funny. I I love doing that. And see, I I, I, I know like what it. you mean. It it can having that view is like when you're an editor watching a really great film. You can see the magic before your eyes. Mm. The curtain has been unveiled. So yeah, mm. I understand that. Then you can't sit down and and enjoy comedy in the same way an average punter can sure uh, but i also think it's just a uh it, it, it's expected by virtue of being so immersed in comedy for so for so long yeah you're going to intellectualize unpack unravel figure 100%. out examine every little joke yeah no i'm not like i i like don't get me wrong i like like unpacking it but I think you'll never get to the bottom of it, like what it really is. Like, I think you can get close, mm. but I don't think you'll actually ever nail it. But, but like, and this is the thing, what happens when people intellectualize, you come to some weird end results, like how you said at the beginning, which is like uh, uh, teenage boys say these things because they're brought up in a society to disrespect women, right? It's like, I like what we talked about before, which is like, that is that right there. That's someone intellectualizing comedy and you just kind of ruined it, you know, because you go on, Oh, well it's because we're in a male dominated society. And because of that, it's these boys think it's okay to make fun of women. It's like, actually, I think it might just be people wanting to say the wrong thing because it's fun to say the wrong thing. If, and to use the example that we've used before, which is if the wrong thing to do was to say, respect women, 
then teenage boys would all be, oh, I think you should respect women, actually, eh? That's what all the teenage boys <laughs> yeah. would, if because that would be the unpopular thing to say. Sure, sure. I I, I think the, the implications of that analysis are what makes it worse, because if people accept that as an orthodoxy, which they have now, mm. uh, then there's huge implications for what comedians can and should be saying. That's where the problem lies. But the, the theory yeah. itself, I'm happy to toy with that and... and and um, uh, figure out if there is some truth to it because there can be a jostling of power that occurs in language interactions. I mean, even when you're bantering with people, there's a certain mm. testing of metal that's that's taking place. Sure, so yeah. How, how bad can I push this person? At what yeah, point yeah. is he giving away nonverbal cues that he may show some sign of weakness and Mm. jokes can have a um, can give the purveyor a sense of power when Mm. they're especially if they're critical of a group or something else i mean when i find something frustrating or i don't understand it my first response is well i gotta write a joke about it this is dumb look at what these people are doing i gotta make a video about it yeah and there's this I don't like that word power because it's become so amorphous and uh, broadly spoken about without a direct, clear definition anymore. Yeah. But I think I understand what they're trying to say when they yeah, use that term. There's, there's, I think status is the correct word. Yes, but also it's one of these things where it's like, yeah, you're if, especially in the t- context of like, let's even take away stand-up comedy away from it. Like, the guy that's holding... Or the girl that's holding court at the party. They will naturally... What, do you want to live in a world with no status? It's like, they, this person that's holding court and they're just, like, fucking with everybody, they have status because they have this thing that they're doing. And to go, like, well, that's unfair because you currently have the status. It's like, yeah, I I got the status because I was doing things that people liked, though. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that's an extra step. It's then that's the moralizing, but the intellectualizing is just is just observing that that phenomenon exists. The moralizing then comes with oh, and because right. that phenomenon exists, people should. If you are in a position of power, you shouldn't speak. That okay, I, well, yeah, may- yeah, discard that. That's garbage. But maybe I don't like moralizing. Then maybe that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, neither. Um, I didn't even know that was a word. Pretty sure it is. <laughs> I trust you. You know yeah, more words than I do, for sure. Talking like experts, yeah. It's, it's you know word. more words. It's a word. Um, but um, yeah, no, I th- I think you're right. I, then then it's moralizing that is the issue. To be like, well, this people think this is funny because of X, and it's like, or it just could be funny. Like that's the whole thing, which is like, you I can't explain it to you because once I've explained it to you, it ceases being funny. Well, it's objectively fun if people have laughed. That is funny there's no denying that uh it's then whether i'm gonna play devil's advocate here yeah my favorite thing to do so let's do uh, it i suppose do you have any personal responsibility or would we would we even say societal responsibility a responsibility of social justice to police your language including joke making Mm -hmm. in order to refrain from hurting both emotionally and potentially physically if these uh 
if language has the effect of solidifying power structures that mm -hmm. cause not only unequal distributions, but ultimately violence to the tail end of groups at the bottom of those power structures. Do you then yeah. have a responsibility to police said language? Even if you do find it funny, I'm not arguing whether something you say may be funny, but um, right. do you then have to endure this horrific process of overthinking, which I'm I'm sick of, to be honest, and I've, I've stopped doing yeah. it because, yeah. uh, hey, I think I'm, I'm about to say this thing, which I think is funny, but I'm worried that... Uh, not only that this may hurt someone, but uh, based on the sort of the the morality that we've all now agreed on, which seems mm. to be the sort of progressive orthodoxy, mm. by me saying this, by virtue of me saying this and laughing, I'm perpetuating and, and sort of maintaining a system of, well, some would say violence towards uh, classes of people that have been that don't have that same degree of uh, power and or status in mm -hmm. Western society. So that's my sure. woke, woke devil's advocate right there. Yeah, right. That was, okay. There's, that's a lot to chew on. But I think, this is the thing. I think it, at the end of the day, it's, are you comfortable saying it? Right? Because if you're comfortable saying it, then you're, you, I, I think most people are pretty good, like, you know when you're about to say something that's fucked. You know what I mean? But or do you like, think do, what's fucked to you is obvious can be very f different to what other people think is, is fucked? Yeah, of course. But I, I, I can only operate on what I think is fucked. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because if I'm guessing... that, And that's where fucking comedy dies, is if I'm guessing what you want to hear. What do you? How do you respond when people say? Because I'm sure you've had it. I've had it. We've all had it. Where someone comes mm. up to you after a show or after a gig or maybe even just in a personal setting and and says, "Yeah, that joke was really hurtful," or "That joke wasn't. That joke was offensive." What What's your uh, response uh, to something like that? I uh, I mean, fuck, man. I don't think I've ever because I've seen some people are really like, "Oh, well, fucking, why'd you come to a comedy show?" You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of shit, yeah. which I'm just I'm I'm not that antagonistic in person to person. So I think I've always just been like, "Hey man, fucking, I'm sorry it wasn't for you." Like that's like that that's the best I can do. That's how mm. I feel all the time cuz I understand that there will be people that go like, "That's fucked." I'm like, "Yeah, but how I how I do it in my head, which is like I know that in every audience there are you're going to hit a group somewhere, right? Like if you're talking about a group, most likely they might be in the room, mm. right? And how I've always put it in my head, which is like, hey, this time it's you guys. You know what I mean? Like this mm. time it's you and the wheel will turn and next time it'll be me. Like mm. I'll be in an audience somewhere and someone's going to be like, all right, fucking dumb block-headed Serb dudes, where you at? And then I'm going to have, all right, this one's on me. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the, you can't constantly be going like, oh, well this person, so I won't talk about this. Oh, this person's here. So I can't, I, I don't want to step on your toes because then what's left. Hmm. And it's like, we'll just talk about your group. And it's like, that's boring. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of hack. Like everybody knows the comic that just talks about, that's like self-deprecating for half an hour and it gets boring. And also the other thing is that for every one person of the audience that has an issue with the fact that you talked about their group, 
there are 10 of the same group that love that you talked about them. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. You, yeah. Cause you're just, cause it feels nice to be like, Hey, fucking we're, if it's funny, that's the thing. That's the only thing. If it's actually funny, mm. if it's funny, then yeah, I don't really have an issue with just saying it. Like if I really believe that it's funny, but that's what I mean. Like, you know, and I feel like we, we've both had that thought, which is like, uh, no, nah, I'm trying to sneak one by him with this one, you know? Yeah. My, uh, my take on that issue is that the capacity for harm is so unclear and nebulous for a joke, regardless of comedy, just words. Whereas mm. when we're talking about physical violence, there's a there's a range for which this can cause harm. If I'm going to punch someone, sure, there are some bigger people who can take the punch better. And then there are some sure. smaller people who are going to be far more hurt by that punch. But there's still a, a, a range through which you can quantify the harm caused by that act of physical violence. Mm. Now, an act of verbal violence, I don't even like that as a phrase. It's, it's just <laughs> using words can yeah. cause harm. No one's denying that. People can yeah. be... Uh, really badly hurt by words. I think about someone who might be abusive to a partner and every day they're just mocking them. That's a form of comedy. It's a form of hateful comedy that would be exhibiting what I was talking about earlier, where someone is maintaining power over someone else by maybe, um, uh, you know, deliberately um, lampooning their insecurities. But mm. when we're talking about a broad audience, when we're talking about words being sent into the ether or the, the void of social media, there is no possible way to accurately quantify how much harm that may cause. I have no yeah. idea what people's capacity for emotional harm is based on these words that I'm saying, okay? Mm. And so it's, it's whether it's impossible, whether it's even insurmountable, it's it's definitely a lot harder to expect someone who is about to express words to mm. uh uh to control those based on the potential for harm yeah because no one knows uh how much harm could be uh created with said words mm. well that's also why i think it's important for like the who you are around socially like who you hang out with and i think that keeps your moral moral compass sort of aligned a little bit especially like if you're a comic i think it's important to have friends that aren't comics because hmm. if if you're still in touch with them and you can make them laugh even with some of the more fuck shit that you're saying most likely people will probably feel the same you know cuz comics have that higher thing for like the only way to make a room full of comics laugh is say the worst thing that you can think of. Or to bomb. Or to or, be... or to bomb horrendously. Yeah, be extremely right? out of uh, just atypical to what would be expected of you as a comic and for whatever reason, that's funny. Yeah. But that's not a good barometer of what's actually funny to uh, yeah. a general audience. And also, it's like, if I had someone that was close to me and I was talking about topic. Actually, I'll pose that to you. If someone was close to you, mm -hmm. right, and you were talking about their group, and they were like a good friend of yours, and they were like, "Our joke makes me uncomfortable," would you stop doing it? Probably not, man. I really, I rarely stop doing jokes when people have said that sort of stuff. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, if it's just one person, even if it's like a close friend, you're like, sorry, bro. I'd definitely ha- have a dis- have a chat to them. I don't think yeah. I'd be friends with someone who'd say that, <laughs> to be honest. But that's actually the interesting kind of where I get to as well, which is like when someone tells me like, "Hey, fucking dust," like uh, my first instinct is to be like, "We probably can't hang out then." Yeah, yeah, and and just because you find some, oh, this is just like a typical point that anyone would say on any podcast, but just because you find something upsetting or you know, confronting and whatever it may mm. be. Uh, it doesn't mean that person's morality needs to be addressed if they're mm. still choosing to say that. Because there's a yeah. line there somewhere. To, to to what extent do we need to indulge in everyone's feelings, essentially? To what extent does it then no longer become altruistic and does it start becoming, well, this 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 form of subjugation, this, this sort of emotional tyranny. Yeah. It's manipulative, if anything. Yeah, it's a form of someone. emotional manipulation. Hey, that hurts yeah. me, don't say it. All right. Now, a reasonable person, if it's something, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a clear black and white there where uh, a consensus uh, of people would agree what this person has said is, is, has crossed this imaginary line that we all have in our head and, and shouldn't be said, but... There's a huge gray area there, and uh, who decides what is and isn't ethical? And then, what is the responsibility on you as someone who's heard someone say to you, "Hey, what you said has made me upset"? Mm. Is it righteous for me to listen to that? And because now we've we've sort of we've all seemingly agreed that the the right thing to do is to be compassionate it's always it's always empathy and compassion yeah but it's never hold your ground and actually um be confident in in your ability to articulate and to suggest certain things that could be uncomfortable to other people Mm. and I think we need to flip that morality there that where where we see now it's just it's it's always so let's say a gr- a religion or a group or a cultural group you know you made fun of this sacred symbol or whatever you, you know that's offended us or that's yeah. offended you know all the billions of us that follow this religion or the you know we've been a group that has been oppressed by this other group and that's upsetting to us and we need to reconcile with that no, that's what you think. I don't. That's not some objective truth that we all need to kowtow to. Yes. And yet, the morality is completely judged on whether that person exceeds to the um, the offended's uh, mm-hmm. pleas to uh, refrain from using said language. Yeah, that that is the interest because, like, it's it's so. And that's this is why stand up is so difficult is because it's it's the one thing where you can't separate the person from the product. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, like th- that's why it's like when your favorite comedian gets exposed for doing some wild shit, it's hard to watch because that whole thing is like you got to separate the artist from the art. It's like yeah, but with stand up, they're intertwined so heavily. 
And usually, yeah. And it's one of those difficult things where it's like, you have to be able to look at that and be like, this isn't what they actually think. Because the job is saying, like, if we're going back to the original thing, which is the funniest thing to say is the thing that you shouldn't be saying. And everyone's flawed. I mean, that's the whole point of art. It's uh, expressing the the foibles and the flaws of the human condition. And, and it's yeah. messy intricacies. And who has this pure mind that's never had a dark thought or even a racist or a sexist thought or whatever it may Unfunny be? Unfunny people. That's who. And but they're lying. The- they're lying. And they're probably got those thoughts but they're too scared to actually explore them yeah yeah this whole like purity thing of like no we're just supposed to agree all the time all of us should just agree all the time it's like no conflict no difference of opinion just yes and is one stupid as fuck but like awful for funny like like there's nothing makes me laugh more personally than like if i was like Hey, Neil, can you go get me that glass of water? And you were like, oh, this glass of water? And then you tipped it out or something like that. You know what I mean? Just some dick, just some dick thing that it's like you didn't need it. You didn't need to do that. But just you went the extra mile to be a dick that you would look at and be like, Neil's mean, right? Mm. But it's just the funny thing to do at the time. Just because like, ah, fuck you, bro. Because we're passing time. It's not if we and that's what keeps it interesting you know what i mean mm. like that's what keep that's how friendships last forever like my, my one of my best friends carl if you like we said in the like if you had to watch how we interact to each other on a playback with no sound mm. you would be like these two are the most awful cunts alive to each other yeah. why are they friends i'm sure any group of male friends would hell any group of friends if you if you so the yeah. messages they sent to each other and the things they said to each other is definitely yeah that's another that's another thing when people go cool. like um oh yeah no it's like that's fucking mean to say that this is a marginal or like the really the purists like i have no bad thoughts it's like oh so you're not in the group chat with close friends you don't have one of those yeah and you're boring man you you've got you're hiding those uncomfortable thoughts with a veil of uh, self-righteousness. I don't yeah, agree. I don't, I don't trust people who, who profess to be these pure angels. No one's yeah. like that. They're hiding something. There's, there's psychological needs that are being unmet there. Yeah. Well, that's why it's the creepiest thing to be is uh, a dude that is very vocal about being a feminist. Like the loud male feminist. Yeah. I just feel like he's always the most most eerie thing because you're like no one's saying you're not but you're going the extra mile to make sure that people know so what the fuck are you covering up i just always go to that yeah interesting yeah i uh some... re-watched um that because uh, okay maybe five six years ago i actually did read a lot of i guess red pill blogs and manosphere mm-hmm. type of stuff and that was because i probably was having a lot of trouble with with my dating life and I hadn't had a lot of success in high school. And then I found a community that really let me get my, get certain frustrations out and help me understand the world that made me feel better about myself without having to take personal responsibility. And then I um, did a lot more for myself. I, I um, 
well, I stopped. Started hitting the bags. Yeah, started hitting the bags. Started hitting the bags, mate. <laughs> and uh, just developed myself a lot more than just being the YouTube guy. And mm. I felt a lot more confident and didn't really feel the need to. I, I just come to the conclusion that, oh, I was seeking that out because I needed that to fill the void of insecurity. Mm. And then more recently, I've started looking back at some of the... Um, uh, I don't know if you remember that red pill documentary that came out in, I think it was 2016 and caused a huge stir. Yeah. I never and, watched it, but I know about it. Yeah. No, I watched it when I first came out. I was like, this is so good. I'm glad this is happening. And then I, like I said, I went through that kind of phase of thinking, no, I was liking all of that because I was insecure and because I wasn't, uh, it was just this sort of my stress and, and anxiety in relation to women was going down in there and, getting all untangled up and coming back out as that as, as, Hey, like, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was an MRA or anything like that, but yeah, anyone who was making a feminist joke or whatever, I just automatically laugh at. I, uh, Mm. you know, looked at certain blogs and I'm not talking about those real like fucked up ones, but just kind of like autists trying to (laughs) (laughs) just autists basically, uh, you know, writing essays about hypergamy and, and then more very recently, like I rewatched that red pill thing and I've been looking at this guy, that guy I showed you, the, the, that, uh, that Tin Men page, which I, everyone should look at this guy on Instagram. It's just great page. opens your eyes to so many stuff. And now I like to think I'm at a much better place. I don't kind of have this resentment to the world. And um, mm. I've been in now a relationship very happily for a long time. I don't, re- when I was dating, I didn't really have trouble. And I look back at some of the stuff and I was like, Oh, how, no, some of this is actually right. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm being an incel. I think some of yeah. this has some truth to it, you know? Well, that's the whole some, thing, right? Some, keyword, yeah. keyword. Yeah, no, that's the whole thing. It's like, it, it just needs a kernel of, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Because you need that to get into it still. Like with that Red Pill documentary, at no point was I thinking, all right, where where, where is she lying here? Where is she kind of not telling? Because her whole thing is this is a counterpoint to the mainstream narrative. So it's not saying this mm. is the full story. She's saying this is this is the the other side that's been uh, persistently demonized, which has mm. a lot of bad apples. Don't get mm. me wrong, uh, but. Yeah, there's a there's a clip in there where there are uh, these these guys protesting for like uh, male uh, visitation rights in divorce courts, and mm-hmm. these were sort of older guys, maybe in their forties, fifties. They looked like life has beaten them down, you know, divorce dad sure. types, and they sure. just looked really. They weren't angry. They weren't vicious. They weren't aggressive. They were just saying, making some speeches about we need to fight for for boys and and our children and. And man, and mm-hmm. then there were these kind of 20 to maybe 25 year old male feminists that were doing a counter protest. And I uh. was so just, just the, my gut, I was so grossed out. I wasn't, it wasn't fear. Yeah. It wasn't hatred. It was like, I am, I, I had this disgusting feeling in my style. I wanted to be sick. I wanted mm. to be seeing these guys yell kind of aggressively at the camera. Like I'm a man and I need feminism. And then, and then I wanted to, I wanted to throw up. Something yeah. about that was so disgusting. I think it's because now girls are talking a lot about this, uh, the the pick me girl and the cool girl, 
and yeah. how in a lot of Hollywood movies, there's the 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 love interest is always the girl that's a, a bit weird and into skateboarding and yeah, out there. Yeah, she's different. And, yeah, and then, and then there's the really she knows feminine, how to change a tire. Yeah, exactly. There's a really feminine girl that then. Um, uh, she always has this big speech towards at the end and like, I'm going to be me. I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to live my life. And then the, the yeah. bitchy hot girl's always like, <sighs> like standing there. And then all girls are saying, hey, why are you kind of uh, attacking femininity like that? It, why does a girl have to be like a guy to be the cool one? And that's a fair point. Having said that, th- these tropes started, I'm assuming, you know, 30, 40 years ago when it was uh, a seen as strange for a girl to act that way so it's yeah. an after effect of you know earlier feminism where uh there were a lot of girls that didn't maybe identify with that kind of feminine uh girly yeah. girl uh type and they liked seeing the cool skateboard girl get the get the yeah. guy it wasn't just the, the 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 narrative is that oh it's the male gaze and it's men who write this to to demean mm. women and you know it's everything's angled in a way to to make it like you know there's like five steps to fuck men <laughs> like everything comes back to that but um uh yeah those guys that I that I was seeing in this uh documentary they mm. just strike me so much as well what you would call the the pick me guy or the the guy who's just trying so hard to be accepted by women not even by like the guy who's making really aggressive jokes is the guy yeah. who's trying extremely hard to be accepted by other men but the mm. guy who's uh virtue signaling and and constantly feeling the need to say hey i'm a nice guy i'm i advocate for women i'm an ally that's a yeah. guy who's trying desperately to be accepted by uh women and in, yeah. in many ways that's kind of that's worse. That that at least emotionally, that make that just makes me sick. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know why, but it's gross. It is gross. Well, the other thing is, well, it's like I used to call them like backdoor alphas, it's- which is like <laughs> they figured out like the modern alpha is not cool to women. Like that started going out, like the butch, massive, like Chad type, uh-huh. right? And so they were like, oh, I'm gonna be sensitive and I'm gonna read. Dostoevsky, and you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to talk about art and music. But it's the same guy. He's just wearing a beret now. It's like, they're both monkeys, just one can recognize patterns. Like, I <laughs> I trust monkeys, the... Bro. They're all trying to fuck, regardless. Yeah, it's like, I trust the footy player over the guy that did an amateur production of Hamlet and thinks you're so interesting. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. that guy to me is more dangerous because he's trying to fucking sneak in. Whereas the footy player is just like, "What's going on? This is me. I'm here. This you is got what mad I look tits. like." Yeah, yeah. want to root? Oh what? Because at least you know who he. What's that fucking saying? The the devil you know. Like at least you know what he wants, right? Sure. When, I, I, he goes like, "Hey, nice tits." And you're like, <laughs> okay, I got it. I know who you want. But the guy being like, "So, do you want to come back to mine and listen to the Arctic Monkeys?" Like. <laughs> How true, how prevalent are these? Because you did acting school. So I feel like you have been exposed to these stereotypes a lot more than I have. Because there's a few that are a bit, but even in comedy, mm. there, there are guys that I think are trying to be like that. But even then, they're just these like limp dick versions of the um, pick me guy. It's that yeah. pathetic. I, uh, but I don't know a lot of guys like that, at least in my life. Um, I think we all have, we probably have 
all elements of both sides. Let's be honest. There's all like parts of us that are trying to say, trying to think, oh, what will a girl like want me to, even though you do that a lot more when you're younger, but I doubt you ever fully get rid of that. I mean, that's just so ingrained in our nature, but it's just so much more obvious in some guys than others. And there's a difference. I was just going to say, there's a difference between trying like to be a good person which is like I want to learn about what kind of stuff that you think is uh like problematic and things like that that maybe I don't know about you know what I mean so I want to and then there's a difference between that and trying to sneak your way into pussy so you're just regurgitating talking points and like sharing reductress articles Fuck, I, you know what's reductress? I don't even know what that is. Re- reductress is like the the um female Batuta advocate, where it's like very like feminine Bro, heavy. Batuta advocate of. is the female Batuta advocate. Well, uh, yeah, that, but this even more so. <laughs> all that, like, the only cause... people who I know who still uh, are like really into that are like white girls in marketing. Yeah, that's they get their core to, yeah. audience. That's when you know you've made it. If white girls in marketing like you, it's like you're about to retire very nicely. Oh, I've genuinely thought about just doing like some more videos like that because the amount you can cash in, because they're always the ones that work for the brands that will yeah. say, yeah, I know this good influence. So let's, let's get like, yeah. like the, the inspired unemployed, right? Like they are yeah. at destroying the funniest all comedians the alive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they've destroyed all that. They're the fucking billboard for David Jones. And, uh, every yeah. uh, white girl I know who's in, you know, marketing or advertising is like, oh, I love mm. Inspired Unemployed. So if mm. you can hit that market, you 100%. can make so much money. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, if you decide to just not be funny for a year, you could make millions of dollars. Hey, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Or come at us. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Fucking, but like, <laughs> I, 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 the acting school thing, I've been like, how many of there are, are there? Look, I don't think, because this, when you meet like a guy that isn't in, in the creative arts, mm. this stereotype of like dumb Australian dude, I'm like, you can see dudes really want to be good. You know what I mean? They want to learn. Like the average guy wants to be a good guy. You know what I mean? The average man in Australia is just either, you know, he's probably a husband, really cares about his family and his kids. And if he is divorced, maybe there's some, uh, you you know, they're they're very rarely that really angry, resentful, divorced dad. A few of those guys do exist. And then you have to actually look at what occurred in the divorce settlement. And often at times it it was this kind of like horrible ordeal and he got the, um, the tough end of the deal. But this caricature of a manly guy being this brutish, violent idiot is so yeah. odd. The older I get, the more I become that guy. But also, it's just it's so <laughs> off, man. Like, I thought, yeah. I look, uh, when I was younger, I probably was quite insecure about my, um, uh, you know, manliness, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm. And so I went the other route and kind of, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought, fuck, right. do I need to be that kind of like feminine new age guy or, uh, right. So you put on a little bit more a, of like a, a feminine bit. nature. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, if I was 10 years younger, I, oh, fuck, I'd be trans man. Like that's the way things are Bro, going same. with kids these days. I'd because 
it would have just been, hey, what behaviors do you identify with? And what was I doing? I was doing drama. I I yeah. liked like soft R and B music. I liked all like the, the <laughs> yeah, you liked like, Usher. Usher. I loved Usher and Neo, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. all the emotional yeah. guys. And and then um, yeah. I, I would have been. I get. I'm a. I'm a woman. You know. I. That's the logic. It, it seems yeah. to be now. So that scares me for kids growing up now. But I. I also know it's kind of exacerbated and amplified by the by the media. But um. Yeah. I kind of had that idea of of those sorts of guys thinking, oh, they're dumb and they're just they're brutal and they're brutish and they're violent and they're uncouth. But they're not. It's just a different. It's when you actually okay to <laughs> when you start to be more masculine and yeah. i'm not the, the most masculine guy out there but it's in the mm. last three four five years um mm. i've probably changed a lot and this guy at my gym a couple of months ago was like oh bro you know if i if i saw you on the street you're the sort of guy i wouldn't want to mess with man and like hey. i was like oh thanks bro but in my mind i'm yeah, like bro. oh my god just and walked <laughs> he away and went, I'm tough. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh you just become a bit more like you just stop caring about shit and you become a bit more um it's not that you're careless with what you say you just have less anxiety in general so you don't yeah. worry too much about what you're going to say or what you're going to do or what people are going to think and uh that can come across as uh ag- aggressive and uh 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 non unkind and yeah. uh n- not very compassionate but a lot of that mm. is actually just uh one it's it's biological it's hormonal because a, a good example i always use ironically enough which i've talked about on the other podcast is when a trans man starts to take testosterone there's just countless accounts of them being really uncomfortable with the way they're seeing the world and how they're even viewing uh women if they were say a, a lesbian cis woman before right. then becoming a trans man they're suddenly becoming even more they they they're, they're hornier they're they're uh there was one account i read and it's yeah okay admittedly anecdotal but uh mm-hmm. this trans this person who was i guess in transition was uh suddenly like <laughs> laser focused on this other girl's ass and then, and then you know, oh, objective this is so cruel what am i doing why am i doing this and they had this whole oh. journal entry of uh, feeling uncomfortable about that, but that is clear indication to me that it's not the 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 way someone's been socialized. It's it's not mm. even the it, it is the biology, but it's the hormone specifically, which now can be artificially added, and mm. uh, testosterone just creates different behavioral uh, patterns and norms generally in men. And that mm. can be very abrasive and off-putting and even scary to people. And so in their mind, they come up with this caricature that a lot of men are just uh, yeah. monsters and, and, and sort of dumb and these meatheads. And it's, it's, it's this total stereotypical bastardization of what those sorts of guys are actually like. Now, yeah, sure, that stereotype doesn't fall out of the sky and... Uh, you know, there are a lot of fuckheads out there, but yeah, you know, that, that doesn't mean even what you were saying before the guy who's like reading Dostoevsky or whatever, all the people mm. who were like in the arts in the early 20th century and say like the, the 19th century in the West would have been mm. like way more manly than like the manliest guy today. They all would have gone to the fucking war. They would have yeah. sit there, smoked cigars 
and mm. um, been these barrel-chested cunts, but they mm. also wrote poetry. Yeah. Yeah, because masculinity isn't one thing. That's the, uh, that's also, I'll tell you uh, fucking, a good, like, I think it also works for masculinity and femininity, which is when you are, when you are comfortable in it, you are gentle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think when yeah, you, you, you have, good. you have an ease to you. Like, there's a reason why, like, every, t- like, think of the most masculine dude that you can think of, and I guarantee you, you're picturing a Maori guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Damn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and every time you meet a Maori dude, most lovely people, and they're the biggest motherfuckers that you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. But always be like, oh, hey, bro, how you doing? You good? Having a good night? Like, it's just so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. The, and, the and fucking yet, haka to that. The haka guy, is the most yeah. intense. This guy Incredible could cut down your family tree. Yeah. And he's still like, oh, yeah, no, I've had a pretty bad day, but it's all right. Try again tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that. that's, it's comfortability. Mm. That's the thing of, of like throwing, I think what's happening now is throwing a little bit of like the baby out with the bathwater, which is like when you see the dude punching the hole through the wall, that's not what we identify with masculinity. That's not, a, I don't think that's like a, ma- that's not because of masculinity. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's not because of the way he's been social. Oh, look, it could have been, but uh, the the wisdom seems to be now that, oh, if he was raised in a more compassionate arguably feminine way he wouldn't have acted Hmm. like that and then you get the uh, alternative problem where you get guys who are so uncomfortable with their manly tendencies that they are uh just off-putting to sometimes even be around yeah well it's it's just weird to see someone i i think like we have we dude I, i think we have senses that we just don't even fucking know about you know what i mean because there's just something that you can I think we can all sense it when someone's not uh, being like when someone's not comfortable with who they are. And so they've put on extra layers to try trick you mm. and w- not consciously, you know what I mean? But like, just like, Oh, I'm, I'm this guy. Mm. I'm not me. I'm fucking, I've put this on. I think we can all still sort of sense like, this isn't you. Yeah. And it makes people uncomfortable. It, it just, I think makes you a little bit more wary of that person. What do you really want? You know what I mean? Mm. Could not agree more. Um, I think that's a, another good time to wrap this one up. And yeah, man. Uh, thank you everyone for for listening uh, to uh, uh, Neil and Jordan with special guest Alex Malinkovich. Go check him out on all his socials. What's just what's your Instagram, real quickly? Mm. Uh, my Instagram's at uh, Alex Malinkovic. I couldn't get the O because some other guy got an O. <laughs> And he has like eleven followers. Fuck! Um, you know, someone got Neil Kohaka the Instagram because I didn't get Instagram straight away after I went viral, and then just had it for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh god, he's gonna make me pay for it or something. And then, uh, and then I messaged him, and yeah. he was like, oh yeah, I was I was saving it for you. No way! Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Mad. Yeah, good on him. My guy still hasn't fucking responded to me. I messaged him a year ago. Oh, shit. I offered money immediately. I was like, bro, I'll pay you for this. Oh. And still, yeah. But uh, nothing. But yeah, Alex Malinkovic on Instagram, spelt with a K-S, A-L-E-K-S. Um, both that uh, on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, check him out. Very, very good comedian. And do you have any shows to plug right now? Or are you just doing some 
just gigging? I'm just no, no, no shows coming up. I'm just around gigging. Okay. Um, trying to get the hour ready for 2022. Beautiful. Alrighty. Well, thank you everyone uh, for listening. Subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, Neilkohacker.com slash podcasts if you'd like to ask a question. Jordan will be back uh, next week and crushorganics.com, crush with a K. Uh, come <laughs> see me weekly in Sydney uh, and monthly in Melbourne. Next Melbourne show is uh, the first Sunday of February. We'd love to see you back there. That first Melbourne show December last year was outstanding. So uh, we want to try and top that. And thank you, everyone. I hope you're enjoying 2022.